Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Suzanne Marks. By way of introducing Suzanne, I just want to say, uh, well, I come into it from a strange way. 3.30 yesterday morning, I, <laughs> I was delighted to send off my master's dissertation at last. So, thank you. Sort of three years of master's degree sort of ended. I'm still in a bit of shell shock. But the reason I mention it, uh, one, because I just like mentioning it, it's finished. Uh, and I'm slightly shell-shocked that it's not there anymore. But um, also, because one of the, the things, it was, uh, its short title was Community Set Upon a Hill. Uh, taken from Matthew 5.14, where Jesus talks of the city, which is a, a word that means community. Set upon a hill, and he talks about us being a light that people can see. Because a city is a community. It's not a set-apart city. It's a, it's a place of welcome. And I know how much you value, and together we valued learning to be a welcoming city, a welcoming community, haven't we? Uh, but it was also, in, within that, it was about being that light. And it's not just us, obviously, here, in, in, as a group of people being the light, but the church worldwide being a light and being something that says this is different. We are different. You're not going to fit in as a Christian exactly amongst your neighbours. God calls us to different ways of living. Uh, the church has always been like that. The church began like that. It's normal for the church to disagree with the world. It doesn't mean that the world tries and makes the church... The it doesn't mean like the church tries to make the world like the church before they know Jesus. Sometimes we make that mistake too. You know, we expect everybody to sort of hold themselves up to our standard of morality. I mean, we want to speak up for good things. Uh, and good causes, and, but the world is not going to live like the Bible tells us to live because they don't know God. Having said that, there are causes for justice and righteousness that as the church we have to stand for, aren't there? And uh, that's one of the reasons Suzanne is speaking here this morning. She wants to talk about something that's, that's very dear to her, which is about how Christians make a difference. And so it's quite a serious topic. If there are any young children or children in the room, they might want to, you might want to take them to J247 and be with them up there or, or, or something because she might have to cover some subjects this morning because she's talking about the world and how we can make a difference in that world. And she's got involved with this organization practically and prayerfully. So let's give a warm welcome because it's a delight to have Suzanne speak to us today. Well, you'll be, be grateful to know that I've only probably got about eight sheets of notes. <laughs> um, I'm actually really excited this morning um, to be able to share with you because and one of the reasons I'm I'll explain why I use the word excited is that if, if you'd seen me this time last week, if you'd seen me three days ago, um, I was a complete and utter wreck. Um, nervous, anxious, would not cover it. Um, I started to see things from my past, um, rear their ugly heads again, um, and feelings that I'd not, co not come across for years. On all this stuff, just because I was coming to speak to you this morning, and it's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> 
But you know, when I, I, I was so grateful for when Nigel came home, because he's been away most of the week, but I was really grateful when he came home on um, Friday and then Saturday and this morning, just to have, just have him there, steadying my nerves. Um, because I woke up and I actually feel excited to be speaking to you. And it's like God has dealt with something in my heart. Um, there was so much fear and there's so much anxiety. And okay, <laughs> I've got the shakes. <laughs> but it's, it's just so fantastic to be, to be able to speak to you this morning. So thank you. Um, yes, now this, what I'm going to be speaking about this morning is um, something that you may have seen crop up on the, the prayer room diary. Um, and it's a prayer that we, we put on there for an organisation called Hope for Justice. Um, I've recently got involved with them. I've known of them for a, a few years, but only recently got a bit more involved. And um, so this morning, I'd like to just share a little bit with you about what they do. Um, they cover their own organisation that exists, basically, to... Um, rescue people from trafficking and slavery, um, to see their lives restored, and also um, to start to reform society and then how we deal with things lawfully. Um, so yes, I'm just going to be sharing a, a bit about that with you. Um, initially, I'd just like to explain the the, the, the I first came across human trafficking and the exploitation of children in. Um, when we went out to Cambodia in 2010. Um, and we, we stayed in an, um, a home for children who had either been abandoned by their families, which is very, very common in Cambodia, or they'd been rescued from brothels um, and rescued from the borders where they were about to be tra um, trafficked across into different nations. The youngest child that I heard of um, while we were out there she was the most beautiful little girl, had the biggest smile, the curliest hair, but she'd been sold into a brothel at the age of three by her mum, who also worked in a brothel. And they rescued her at the age of five. And when we met her at the, when she was eight, um, the work that God had done in her already was incredible. She was so, such a happy, carefree child. Um, and it, I find that amazing that God can actually take a life that is so, so broken and turn it around that she's actually got a future and a hope. Um, so first off, I'm going to just bring you some scripture, a few scriptures. You don't need to turn to them because I'm just going to do one after another just so that we can get an idea of God's heart. So Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9, says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless. See that they get justice. Isaiah 56, verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Be just and fair to all. Do what is right and good. For I am coming soon to rescue you, 
and to display my righteousness upon, among you. Exodus 20 verse, 20, um, verse, sorry, Exodus 20 verse 2 says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. Isaiah 10 verse 27 says, in the, in the day the Lord will end the bondage of his people, he will break the yoke of slavery and lift it from their shoulders. And there's so many more that just show us that God's heart is for rescue from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. God is all about rescue. He's all about restoring lives. He's all about turning us around. Um, and this is, this is what Hope for Justice stand for. Um, they are a group of people who set out 10 years ago. Um, ben, who is the founder of the organization, is actually a trained opera singer. And he was at a meeting on the sound desk where somebody spoke and gave a message about the same subject. And he said at the end of it, he was wrecked forever. Um, because he knew what he'd heard and the visions that he'd seen, he couldn't possibly carry on his life without doing something about it. And that's how I'm beginning to feel, is that I know that this is happening, and I refuse to live in a world where people are still sold, that they're made to do things that adults, that children, that men and women, you know, that they should never, ever be asked to do. They never, ever should be forced to do. Um, so, yes. <laughs> um, I'd like to explain just a little bit. We hopefully just have different bases around the world. We have um, headquarters in Manchester, and then we have bases in Cambodia, Vietnam, Ethiopia, Zimbabwe, Norway. Um, just started one in Australia. And there is another one, uh, and I'm really sorry, I can't pronounce it. But it's near Ethiopia. <laughs> and that one's just opened. Um, Cambodia is really, really close to my heart because we were there and we saw some of the images and some of the things that were happening out there. Dan, could I ask for the, um, the first pictures, please? Um, starting with the skyline, I think. And I've just realized I'm going to have to put my hand over my eyes to do this because I can't see how long I've been talking for. So, <laughs> Sorry. so this, is, this is Phnom Penh now. Um, as, or, as it's, it's, you can see, it's, it's built up. There's the most amazing buildings going up. The, the building in the middle, I believe, is the new Olympic Stadium. Now, thank you, Dan. Can we have the, could I have the next ones, please, just to roll around? Um, now, when we were there, these, these were the images when we went out to the villages, and this is actually Phnom Penh on the outskirts. Um, and you see how people are living in comparison with the city um, and in the city. Um, they're the most friendliest people, really open, really welcoming. But from... You see that from the sky, the picture of the skyline, that's going up now. All the different buildings that are going up now. Um, they make their own bricks to build the buildings. And a lot of 
the people who build the, make the bricks are children under the age of 10. Um, they've got these massive brick kilns where families live and they work and the families work and they don't get paid. And they work dawn till dusk. And the incredible intense heat that in the brick kilns, um, and this is, this is some of the stuff that's happening there now, um, as well as children in the brothels. Um, you, you go down the streets of, Cambria, of Phnom Penh, and there are bars every, just everywhere, and girls are lined up. And these girls, okay, are over the age of 16. They're over the age of 18. It's not them that you see. It's the ones that are, um, the ones that are hidden away and the ones that are in rooms and they're locked up, the ones that are under the age of 10. I'd love to see this morning Elizabeth and all the other children, Georgina, all of them running out there for J24-7. And it just reminds me, there's children that are that age and younger who have been sold into sexual exploitation in Cambodia and, I hate to say it, in the UK. So the... And um, that just explains the part, a little bit of the part in Cambodia. Um, Vietnam, the center that we have there, um, is, is a fantastic area for gold mining. And some of the illegal gold mines that have been set up, again, the children are put down the mines at the ages of five upwards because they're small, they can get into the smaller areas. Um, and they're forced to work down these, down these mines. Um, it's been known that on occasions when authorities have heard about uh, the, the activities that have been going on illegally, they sent the forces down there, but it's been too late, and they've actually sealed up the mines with the children in them, and that's it. They will leave them there. So you can understand this. <laughs> it's, I find it absolutely horrific that this is happening in, in our lifetime, in, on our watch. Um, I think if you ask most people, they'd say that slavery was a thing of the past. And obviously, it, it really, really isn't. And trafficking, slavery, it, it's the same thing, but it is slavery. At the end of the day, people are modern-day slaves. Um, so I'll move on to just explaining a little bit about the victims. Um, a lot of people, especially in the UK... They are the, probably the most vulnerable in our society. Um, you have children in care. Um, I've heard that even, even in our amazing town, that there are gangs on the lookout for vulnerable children to groom and to traffic. And again, it makes me, it makes me so angry. It's like, not, on, not in our town, not on our watch. Um, often it sounds something that the traffickers and the recruiters make it sound really appealing. An improvement of the situation that they're in at the moment. So for families in different countries, it would be a case of, if you pay us, um, we will take your child to school. We will take your child to a different area, give them a better future. They can't pay. So the, the traffickers will offer, we'll pay the accommodation, we'll, we'll pay the travel. But actually, it's, it's just one more thing to get them hooked 
and then they find themselves bound to the traffickers, no idea of how much money is owed. Um, so they're stuck in a situation that they can't get out of, often away from their families. Could say that, well, why don't people just escape? Um, for some it might be possible, but where do they go? Um, once you've been trafficked, who do you trust? Who can you, who can you look to? Who can you trust? Um, I heard a story, somebody who had been, in a, had been locked up, had escaped, and had gone to the police. Sadly, they hadn't been believed. Um, and I don't know, and that's in, the, in this country, I don't know the, out, the outcome, whether they, whether they have had help. Um, but I think it's got to change. Things have got to change. Our society's got to change. I'm just going to give you a few statistics. And they're probably going to sound horrendous, so I'm going to come at it from a different angle afterwards as well to give you a few um, ideas of the actual success rate um, and the things that have happened in the past month. Um, so during 2018, most of the victims identified as, um, in the UK actually originated from the UK. They weren't foreigners in our country. They, were actually, they actually originated here. The most common type of exploitation was forced labour. Um, we see people in car washes, nail bars, some of the Chinese nail bars, um, cannabis farms, we have a lot of Vietnamese people who um, are brought into houses to work together. They live in the houses. They're not allowed out, obviously. Um, and they are growing cannabis and not getting any remuneration for it and living in extreme squalor conditions. The majority of the victims in 2018 were actually male. This is in the UK. They were male. And 48% of all victims identified in the UK were under the age of 18. Now, this next one is one that actually rocked me. When I learned the worldwide, the price paid for a victim into slavery, the average price is £60. And... Um, Again, a gentleman from Eastern Europe who was brought trafficked into England um, to work in an agricultural job, they told him. And he, he was in his four, uh, late 40s and he began to slow down and his trafficker decided that he'd had enough of him. He wasn't much use anymore. So he would sell him to somebody else to use for whatever, re for whatever purpose. And this gentleman heard them bartering over him the price, and he was eventually sold for £40 and two bags of tobacco. Um, now, all the, pe the people that I'm telling you about, all these people were trafficked. They were 
victims, but the now survivors. Um, they're the people that I'm telling you about, they've all been brought out of this and they've actually been given another chance. They've actually got a second chance at life. And this is the work that Hope for Justice do. So they, they will set to rescue victims when, when after they've been informed. We have private investigators that will spend months upon months looking into situations and seeing, working out how they can actually rescue people out of the situation. They don't want to make the situation worse than it already is. Um, so the investigators can take weeks and months before the actual rescue takes place. In this last month, worldwide, 87 children have been reintegrated into families, foster care, or back into the community for independent living. 327 children have been helped at what Hope for Justice call lighthouse centres, which are centres that are set up um, like crisis counselling and to help children get their, hope, get their hope back, get their lives back again before they're then sent either to ho either home or into long-term foster care if it's not possible or safe. 12, <clears throat> excuse me, 12 people have been rescued or um, assisted out of slavery after complex and really, really difficult investigations and surveillance. As I say, it, it can take absolutely ages. Um, and some of these people that have been rescued were referred from organizations like our council, like the police force, um, that have been trained by Hope for Justice professional trainers. So people in the forces, like I know that our police force in Scarborough have had modern day slavery training so that they can identify and things that might just be a, a bit of a question at the back of their heads um, can actually prompt them to, to make the a call to get in touch with somebody and start the process rolling of an investigation and then the actual rescues. In the UK alone, this month, 49 clients have been worked with through their advocacy team. 640 interventions have been made to improve the situations. Um, these 49 people are all based around, we have Bradford, Birmingham, Manchester. There's different hubs around in different in the towns in, in the UK. And they've, they've opened a safe house so that people can actually go somewhere to help them to recover. And it's long term. It's not a case of get them out quick and let them go home. It's not a case of get them out quick and they'll be fine. It's a case of... We will, we will, we're in there for the long term because they've got to be rescued, they've got to be taken out of the situation that they're in. Then the restoration process can be, begin by whatever means that is. Be, that will be counselling. It's help with housing. It's help with um, becoming employable. One girl even told that she'd been locked up for so long she didn't know the value of money. She didn't know how to go to a shop. She didn't know how to buy herself food. 
you could have given her a handful of money and she wouldn't have known what to do with it. This is it. They come alongside people and they'll help to restore people back to the life that, you know, the life that God has for them. So what I would like to do is to show you a story. Um, this is Natasha's story. And this is a film that well, it just gives an idea of what somebody's actually been through before that point of rescue. Thank you, Dan. We all dream of giving more to our children, of raising them in love and freedom. For many parents living in poverty, that dream is cruelly exploited by traffickers. That always touches me because I think that girl was one, ripped away from her own child and two, her intention had been to raise her daughter and give her the best hope and the best future that she possibly could and for 13 years like the five years in Amsterdam or around Europe and the eight years in the UK that she was prisoner, that she was a slave. I thank God for, for, what, God, for what he's done in her, in her life and in lives of thousands of other people that have been rescued. Because it's so difficult to look at the issue and think, oh my goodness, worldwide, they're now saying the figures are are up to 40.3 million people that are in modern-day slavery through forced labour, um, like on the farms, um, domestic servitude, um, sexual exploitation. Um, one lady that I came that I was told about recently had been... Um, brought here from a very, very remote area of India. She couldn't speak a word of English. Um, she was sold to a family as their domestic. And she, she wasn't able to communicate with anybody other than the family that she worked for. And she was locked in a cellar or in the basement. That was her room. She was fed scraps of food, uh, literally from the plate that others had left behind. And she was unable to do anything for herself. She was unable to, to escape the situation. But she, one day she was ill, and she was very ill, and the family were actually forced to take her to hospital. And, um, sorry, <laughs> in this hospital, she was actually left alone. And one of the nurses came in to talk to her and realised that she knew, she understood some of the babble that this lady was coming out with. She was actually from the same area of India. And she was able to talk to this woman, and she discovered that this woman had been in the UK as a domestic for 23 years. And she was then able to phone the Hope for Justice, and they got somebody down there, and eventually, you know, she was rescued. And I think... God is in this for the long haul. And I even think in our own lives, 
He's in it for the long haul. Freedom comes from, it can take us months, it can take us years to see freedom in certain areas of our lives. Like I was sharing this morning, I've never known anxiety like this week. Um, not quite as bad as this before. But God has moved me from that place in the last couple of days of being at, almost out of control into a place where I'm, you know, on the inside of me, it's gone. That area, that area, particularly for this, for speaking, for, you know, coming and speaking to you today, it's gone. I woke up and I had excitement. And that's, that's God on the move. That's, that's God doing stuff in, in us. And that's what, he, that's what he wants to do in all of these people that are, that are currently locked up, that they're prisoners, that they're slaves. That he wants to set people free. And so what, the real reason I've got you here, <laughs> um, we've started to pray um, in the prayer room once a month for lots of different aspects of Hope for Justice, but also in our own town. Because we have no idea what goes on behind closed doors. We have holiday homes in, in Scarborough, hundreds of holiday homes. It's very, very easy to move children around from one place to another and sell them. Um, we want to make a stand in Scarborough that actually this is not acceptable in our town, that we will not stand for people being used for profit of others in our town. So if... If anybody feel, believes this morning that God's really put it on their heart, please come and join us praying. Because we really want to be, we want to be that city on a hill. We want to be that beacon of light to others um, and to, even to other towns. We want to be a, that example that says, yes, let's get on board with this. Because God is on the move and God wants to rescue people and he is after restoring lives. So thank you so, so much for listening this morning. Um, please do come and have a word with me. I've got a little stand through there. If you'd like a little bit, a bit more information, um, if you'd like to join us praying, please, please do. Um, we know that God answers prayer. We know that freedom comes through prayer. So come on. <laughs> please join us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.